0: to MoonWise, a podcast celebrating seasons, cycles, and rites of passage. I'm your host, Dorte-Sophie Royal, and today I speak with Ama Boakye, who joins us from Ghana to share an urgent message from the trees. We talk about the possibility of collaborating with nature and the ancestors to create more well-being in our world. We discuss the difference between following your heart versus following the voice of intuition that leads to true growth. We also dive into Ama's unique story, from being raised in Belgium to traveling the world and awakening to a spiritual way of being. Before we begin, I want to thank everyone who has rated and reviewed Moonwise on Apple Podcasts. It makes a huge difference in helping others to find the show. And if you'd like some inspiration and seasonal wisdom, including astrology and recommendations for events, books, and other things I think you'll love, you can sign up for our weekly magazine at moonwise.co slash magazine. Okay, on with our show. Amma is a joyful woman who loves the wonders of life and the teachings of nature. She was born and raised in Belgium and has lived in different countries in South America. Ama is based in Ghana now and is creating a multifunctional community center within nature where the local and global community can come together in unity, heal, create, and learn. She especially wants it to become a safe space for the local youth. Ama supports people in different ways in their personal and spiritual growth. In these changing times, her passion is to support people who have an idea, dream, or project that they want to bring into the world, but are still holding off for one reason or another. Ama is an aura reader, intuitive coach, inner child healing and breathwork facilitator, group ritual facilitator, and she does cowrie shell sessions for individuals, couples, and groups. Hi, Ama. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Hello. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me. And you are coming to us from Ghana today. Is that right? Yeah, correct. I'm in Ghana in the mountains. Oh, beautiful. And so for our listeners, you might hear some roosters in the background. (laughs) Yeah. Or some birds
1: or crickets. Yeah,
0: I am so intrigued about your story, and would love to start with how you came to your work, and perhaps even how you came to live in Ghana. Yeah.
1: Um, <laughs> wow, big question. Yeah. So my work. I mean, actually, I'm in quite a transition with my work, but I'll I'll speak to like what you've been following until now, right? So like. Um, I do aura readings for people, KAUI shell shell readings, you know, child healings, breath work, and like anything that helps the personal and spiritual development of a person. And how I came to that work, it's a very good question because actually like I grew up in Belgium in a very atheistic environment, like everyone, my parents, my family, my friends, like just in school, everything was just very atheistic and... I was the same and I was really like laughing with people who believed in God or who I don't know, you know, like who who were like for me floating a bit. Like I was really laughing with that. But at the same time when I was a child child, I was really interested in, you know, anything magical. I also collected stones and I the books I was taking from the library were also like about anything like how to do rituals or make a special tea or about witches and stuff, but like when I was a teenager and after that, I wasn't busy with these things. And so what made everything shift was when I moved to Brazil and that was in 2012. I moved to Brazil and I just met people. Brazilian people are pretty special in my opinion, like the ones I met, but I've met so many different ones and they're really like, spirited people in a way, like really like from their heart and really like, yeah, full of spirit, living with spirit and very spiritual in a way. I mean, everyone is spiritual because we're connected to spirit. But like, for me, that really helped because I came from a different environment and everyone was like different, but like, yeah, so um, inspiring to me. And that was something that helped like conversations I had with people that like started challenging the way how I thought about things or like certain programming I had probably but also living with nature there because I lived in in Bahia in a place where there was a lot of nature so I grew up I know I grew up I woke up with the sun the sunrise I went to sleep with the sunset and like there was also like roosters and, and monkeys around and just a lot of nature super close by that I never really had in Belgium because I lived in a city And there is something with nature there was also close to the ocean. And like when it was a full moon, it was like the biggest full moon that I've ever seen. Like still, like I can't believe I saw a full moon like that. Like the moon would rise out of the sea and stuff like that. So I had a lot of special experiences with nature. And I can't explain it into words, but that is something that started shifting a lot within me. And I became really interested in in things that weren't the mind or something, or not like the rational things, but like more, you know, intuition and stuff like that. And so, also when I was in Brazil, I did an aura reading with someone else, and I thought the aura reading would be about me, and like you know, like my my life, my purpose, and everything in my aura. And then a lot in the aura reading was about my parents, and it was very very confrontational for me at that time, and. Um, I also didn't know what chakras were even, (laughs) so I was super confused, but uh, yeah, it also shifted a lot within me. Um, and from that moment, I just started like first reading and searching and researching because that's what I knew from studying at university. But then like after that chapter, I was like, okay, that's not like how it works. And then, uh, I started like learning from other people or doing like still in Belgium, like some workshop weekends or like some vipassana meditation, 10 day silent retreat and like all these different types of ways, how I could like connect more or, you know, like feel more what I, what I had felt in Brazil. And yeah, that's like, I think that was like the biggest turning point for me. And especially because I started experiencing pretty um, magical like, how do you say that synchronicities and (laughs) that things just aligned in a way that I was like, what is this? And yeah, it's only when I, so I studied in Belgium, but I went back to Brazil and then I lived in like, um, an ecological spiritual community there. And I learned to read R myself because they really believe actually everyone is able to do that. It's not something like, Ooh, only these people can do it. I mean, some people are better skilled in it than others because, um, yeah, you need to be able, when you see things, you need to be able to really put it into words what you're seeing, because you're seeing colors or images and stuff. And not everyone is so good in like translating it into words, but they really believe like you can really learn it. So I learned it there. And that was, yeah, the beginning of my business, let's say, or, like my work that I do, like I started with doing Aura readings for people. That was the first thing before I also started doing like inner child sessions or coaching or break work. Yeah, so that's the answer to that question. (laughs) Already a bit long. And how I ended up in Ghana? Yeah, that's actually also an interesting story because I so I grew up in Belgium. I studied in Belgium and I worked a bit in Belgium, but I always liked to travel or like I took sabbatical years and stuff. But in 2017, I was really like, I want to live abroad. I don't want to live in Belgium anymore. And so my mom is Belgian, but my dad is Ghanaian. So I also have a Ghanaian family here. And so in 2017, I was like, okay, I'm just going to go to Ghana. So I went, I came to Ghana here. But I was really searching a lot. And then, like, while I was here, I got, again, an opportunity to go to Brazil. And then, so, like, for several years, I was a bit like a nomad in the world, uh, going to different countries, traveling, living, working in these different countries. And so, as you can already hear, my heart is really in Brazil. (laughs) And so, when I was in Brazil, I I was like, you know, I, I almost ended up in Brazil, in a way. But... There was always this voice in my head, like you need to be in Ghana, like this nudge, like go to Ghana, or like I think sometimes it was even like Africa in a whole, a bit like it was real. I could feel it in different ways, like it was this thought that came back, or like visions that I had. Like sometimes I would just see myself in Ghana, and and it sounds weird because a lot of people say like follow your heart. And I, like, at that time, my desire, my fire, my heart was in Brazil. But my intuition and the peace that was behind that said go to Ghana. So that's how eventually I ended up in Ghana. Even though, like, my family's from here and stuff, like, it wasn't like, oh, yeah, I'm definitely going to gonna live there. It was, I was still exploring and searching a lot. And so I ended up in Ghana, but I still didn't know where I wanted to where in Ghana I wanted to live or where I wanted to stay and this is really a story that for me is like very connected to my ancestors because I just started consulting them and talking with them um, and asking them for for advice because I didn't know like I was like okay, hello, I followed you like now I'm here where do I need to go to, (laughs) you know? And... I was here. And so, like, I think at that time it was a lot like I I just would like write a question for them, like writing and then like write again, like very quickly what they would say or like. And this is, for example, an example when I was younger, I would laugh with these things or I wouldn't believe it. But after doing the RR readings and like learning all of these things, I really understood like how you how you really need to trust certain things. Like you really need to trust what you're hearing, what you're seeing, because otherwise you're never gonna really like trust your own intuition and and what you see, right? And so I started writing and stuff. And at some point, they really started giving me um, letters, <laughs> or like it, it was first letters, and then it sounded like. Um, it sounded like Kumewu. That's how it sounded. And so there's a place here in Ghana that's called Kumewu. Kumewu. So I went to that place. I walked around there and I explored it, but I didn't feel it there. So I was a bit disappointed. I was like, "Hey, you give me a, a name of a place, and then this is not it." And I just, you know, continued like my life that I was living here. And then I. I came to Kweu, where I live now, as a tourist, um, and it was beautiful. Nature was beautiful here. The mountains are beautiful here, and like the first time, I was like really impressed because, in my opinion, it's a bit a hidden gem in Ghana. It's not really that known as a touristy place, but it's really beautiful. And I was like, hmm, I, I really, really like this place. I'm feeling something, you know. And then I decided a few months later to go back. And when I went back that time, like so many pieces of the puzzle fell into place. Like just also like just signs that I knew were signs from my ancestors and like things that I wanted that suddenly were there. And I was like, oh, it was not Kumehu, it was Kuehu. Like, I just understood it differently, you know? And yeah, that's how I ended up in Ghana and ended up in Kweu, where I live now yeah it's really nice to say this like to tell the story again actually like a reminder for myself too you know because sometimes you kind of forget (laughs) how you end up doing the things you're doing or or why you are where you are or something
0: yeah thank you so much for sharing it's just such a beautiful story and also you know I just admire the trust that you had and also the courage to kind of leap out of what's the expected path of what one is like quote unquote supposed to do, right? Like on paper, it's like, Oh, why would you leave Belgium to, you know, just be, who knows what will happen. Um, and I also love the distinction between following your heart and really following your intuition. And I think that that's Really interesting um, because you're right, people say, Oh, follow your heart all the time. But sometimes the ancestors or you know, our higher self or whatever you want to call it has a plan and a purpose that is so illogical to our mind, so counter to what we think is supposed to be our story, and could also even be scary that <laughs> like it takes so much courage to be like, you know what? I'm hearing this thing. I just know that there's something I'm supposed to be doing that. Maybe it's I don't even want to, but it's like it's important to listen to. (laughs) And it doesn't make sense in that moment. And like one day maybe it will make sense. It's just yeah, it's fascinating to me.
1: Yeah, and for me also, thank you for reflecting that back to me. For me also, if I look back at it now, at that choice, it feels like staying in Brazil, like I would have had a lovely life, you know. But And I think I still would have done something purposely. Like, I don't want to put it like, oh, no, only in that place is like where you need to be. But I still feel it would have been centered more around me. And I have the feeling like I'm following a higher calling. That's what that notch was. And it I do believe it can be anywhere, but for me at that time, yeah, I don't I still don't see the whole picture. <laughs> I'm just trying to live it you know
0: yeah, I mean sometimes it's there's a path of growth and a, things that we can learn and they might not be easy and it might actually be like a harder road in some in some way for like the personal ego or something, but it's how we truly live and learn and grow. And, and I'm curious in hearing your story for those who are maybe like, wow, that's so cool that her ancestors were speaking to her and she was able to hear that um, energy and that voice come through. Yeah. Do you have any maybe advice or, or thoughts on how, people can connect to that more in their own lives yeah like what i've come to understand is that a lot
1: is really um, centered around your intention like where you put your energy towards so when i want to connect with someone (laughs) It's like spirit, I mean, even in real life, So, (laughs) I mean, even with a person, actually, but like also spiritually, it's like, like my intention, like if I want to speak to my higher self, it's very important that in the beginning, I will state, or some people will sing or dance or whatever, like invoke your higher self and then after that it's like trusting that what comes is from your higher self Um, and for me it's the same with ancestors but I also need to say though like I also really find um, clearing important like to just like make sure that I clear my field or like um, yeah my energy field I mean because there's so many other energies that can come through and then you think it's them but it's not them so that's a bit a challenging part but for me like the biggest part really has been trust trust what you're getting because if you don't trust what you're getting you get in your mind and you start doubting and that's where all the entities and other other energies come through, and then it's not a pure message anymore and so most of the time the first thing that comes is what comes so uh, but i mean for everyone is different i started with just really talking in my head, like when I was in the shower or going to the grocery shop, like, hello ancestors, I'm going to the grocery shop. I know you're here. I really can't hear you, but yeah, you know, this is how I'm doing. I'm a bit, you know, this is what's going on in my life. It's a bit difficult and stuff. If you could help me with like, just talking to them. And it was weird in the beginning, but it helped to make it more normal, I guess. And Then I started, as I said before, I started also with the the writing part and with um, giving offerings, what some people, I mean, maybe some people already know about that. There's different ways of doing offerings, of course, but like I started feeling into what they would like and just like really always when I eat something, leave a portion for them at the side, stuff like that. And um, that's how it started. And then it it, it it also came a bit like it it's, the evolution was a bit that I also saw sometimes messages in my dreams, but especially that I kind of agreed with them that like certain uh, symbols or, you know, like certain things that can like physically come into my life would be a message from them, like a yes or a no or whatever, or uh, yes, this is the father, no, don't go this way. Um, so that's what helped me, but I really, really believe it's different for everyone. It also depends on your ancestors, because um, I mean, everyone has different ancestors. I mean, we have a lot of similar ancestors if you go very, you know, way back. But there's also ancestors that are close to us who, um, let's say, were Christian, you know, or it's so. And sometimes they also communicate differently. That's what what, what I've experienced too. Uh, and another thing is, which is maybe something completely else, but it, it comes true now, which I find difficult is to really try to uh, work on your trauma or your pains or your triggers, because a lot of uh, stuck ancestors or unhealthy ancestors, they, they work in true, yeah, true that unhealed trauma. And so eventually we want to work with the healthy ones, <laughs> if you understand what I mean. So that that's something
0: I've been working with too. It's kind of like opening that channel of communication through, like you said, actually speaking to them or having the intention of connecting or leaving offerings and just acknowledging that that's a presence and an energy Um, And I can speak to my own experience with that thinking, you know, a lot of folks with European ancestry can feel like, oh, you know, we don't have this magical lineage, blah, blah, blah. And it couldn't be farther from the truth. And a lot of, you know, folks I talk to that, oh, our, you know, our traditions, our songs, our ceremonies, they're all dead. We'll never recover them. And to me, that's not true at all. It's all it's so close at hand. And the ancestors are just. Waiting and ready for when you're ready. Yeah. And so, you know, I once I opened that door a little bit, dreams, messages, I mean, opportunities to study Gaelic singing, to play harp. Like for me, I have, you know, British Isles ancestry. And so these things that I could I couldn't even know like oh there's a person who teaches like Gaelic sacred song like who who even knew that existed and but it, it all opens up and, and so I just want to reassure listeners too that no matter where what your background is there is a connection and there's a way to access that.
1: Yeah and and I I really agree because I mean I have my African ancestors, my Ghanaian ancestors on my dad's side but I also have my European side from my mom's side, the Belgian side. And so for a very long time I was way more connecting with my Ghanaian or African ancestors because they just came through way stronger, I must say. Like the, the European ones were more dull. But also, I, I didn't I didn't want to connect with them. I still had a lot of also pain and rage and trauma of like racism, I think. So I was like a bit rejecting that, um, that the European side. And so what also helped me a lot was like understanding that like pre-Roman and like with the Celts and stuff, it was also completely different in Belgium. And once I got over that and I started connecting with, with that side of my ancestors, it's, it's exactly as you said. I even have the same with Gaelic songs too. Like, and I even don't know if they were in Belgium, but like when I, when I do that singing, like they're so happy. It's an offering, you know? I'm really sure in Belgium there was a similar language or like Holland and stuff, because, yeah, it, it's, I can just feel it, how, how much it feeds them. And as you say, how much it's still alive. Yeah, it's within us, you know. And even if it's not Gaelic or songs that existed or dances, like I also believe with our, the help of our ancestors, we can birth, birth through new forms and songs and dances,
0: Yes, I love speaking about this and I just think ancestor work is such an accessible way for people to connect with the sacred because it's like who doesn't who doesn't respect their ancestor? Everyone wants to. Oh yeah, ancestors. It's a it's it's a good way to start, I think, to really connect to that inner inner intuition and just beauty. And at,
1: at the same time, I mean, at least that's what I'm seeing here in Ghana is and, uh, a lot of people also demonize it or are scared from it or something or say it's like a bad thing or something but yeah i i believe sometimes there's so much like oh it's bad or or i'm scared but there's not this deeper um understanding sometimes of, or like of, of what it really is or yeah i don't really know how to explain it but it's like yeah, it's a, it's actually a very easy way because our ancestors can help us with so much, and at the same time there is a lot of fear and like judgment around it. Sometimes that's at least what I've yeah what I've come to see too. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's like our ancestors, it's like our moms and dads and grandpas and grandmas. Like, why? <laughs> it's our family. We are here because of them, because all of because of all of them. Yeah,
0: and like you said, it can be. little bit complex just because there are also like a lot, there's a lot of trauma in people's lineages and stuff like that. And so one thing that I've learned, um, is to when making an offering, just say, this is for my well and ancient ancestors so that I'm kind of connecting with that part of the lineage, maybe not the more traumatized part. (laughs) I was curious about, you talked a lot about nature in your adventures. And I was wondering if being closer to nature kind of like helped open up some of your intuitive work or helped grow that like did you notice a difference between being in a city in Belgium in terms of like what you were able to access within yourself versus being you know like in Brazil or in Ghana hmm, interesting question yeah now that
1: you say it in that way like in a the city there's just so many people and energies and electricity and lighting and, I mean I don't know so many things that that can like block some some messages or something and uh, nature is just pretty pure actually or is is very aligned with what i see the the natural flow of life and uh yeah i do feel for all of us, I think actually a lot of people, when you just take a walk in a park or you're in a forest or you're close to the sea, like people feel something like you can't put it into words, but you feel different than in a city. So, yeah, I, I do feel being in nature, it, I think because there were less energies around or like energies of people and machinery and stuff, that, there, that it was just more, more peace or like more calm energy to hear other messages. Uh, But yeah, I really believe it activated things within me. I don't understand how it works, but I really believe there were some codes, especially because the things I experienced with nature were really like things I had never seen, like that blew my heart open because it was like, like I cried sometimes because I was like, what? just the beauty of it and like how it works and, and how it is there every day and just naturally. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's something else. It's, it's special.
0: <laughs> yeah. And like you said, um rising with the sun and sleeping when it goes dark. There's something very, yeah. Beautiful about being connected to the rhythms of the earth that way. And it kind of brings me to this idea of, you know, working with natural light and how much artificial light we have in our world. And you recently wrote about connecting with the trees in Ghana or, or some specific trees in Ghana. And, and there was a very special message that they communicated to you that when I read it, I was like, wow, this is very important information for humans. And I just would, yeah, I would love to dive into that if you'd like to
1: yeah of course i'm happy you really felt that message because it it felt so urgent to share it but i i didn't know if it would reach the people you know so i'm also grateful i can share it here actually (laughs) maybe they even organized that because (laughs) yeah it's important so how it actually all started is that so where i live there's like a, a small garden around the house and a little farm at the back and there are some plantain trees and there's a mango tree and You know, um, we have around our house, we have lights that we put on in the evening. That's what everyone does here. You know, so like someone is living in this house, there's lights around. And always in the evening when I put, when I would put that light on, the light that would, you know, like brighten up the farm in a way, I would, I would, it would literally go into my body. I would feel so bad. I would be like and then like at the same time I would feel like no 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 I cannot do this I cannot do this but in the beginning I was like you know that's what happens you hear something or you feel something but you don't really get it or you don't understand it and but still it every day again happened I was like I shouldn't put the light on there I shouldn't put the light on there that's how it came at first and so I, I talked with my partner about it, and then we were like, Yeah, maybe you know, we should see if we can like can leave the lights and stuff. And then sometimes I did it, and I just I would feel so much more happy when the lights were off and there were no lights in the evening there. But still, like that's what I did. But and that was just in my house. But what happened then is I I walked into the streets sometimes and like one time it we was so extremely like it was almost like shouting in my head like from like yeah I don't know, remember really if it was one tree or more because I was a bit in I don't know if that was a tree world or something but I I just really heard like we don't like artificial lights and yeah I remember there was one tree and next to it there was a la- like a light you know like the street lights really next to it it was really like, we don't like this. Like, we don't like this. It was almost as if they were trying to find someone to, to, to talk to or to share this with, I don't know. And um, yeah, the message was really like, you know, people sleep at night and then it's dark. But for the trees, the lights stay on in the streets or like outside. And it gives them a kind of stress. So it's difficult for them to also sleep. And the message really was like, When it's dark, everyone needs to sleep. Also, nature, in a way, and what I what I found so beautiful was that they they were also really understanding. It was almost as if they wanted to collaborate with us as humans. That they were understanding that, like you know, now in 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 your life, sometimes you need light, and they were just in a way communicating how uh, the way how they live and yeah live and experience life is in another rhythm than ours. They just said like, if you just sometimes can leave it off, like we understand you need to have it on, but like take breaks or find a way how you can like reduce the light, collaborate with us. Like if that was really the message at at that time. And I found that really beautiful that, that they had that understanding or something. Like they felt so wise, so much wiser than we are. Yeah. And then another thing that also came was that there was a difference between the trees who grew up with artificial light. So the tiny, yeah, some tiny trees who grew up with it, like let's say maybe a tree that grew up next to a street light or a tree that was so old that they actually lived in a time when there almost was no light in the streets or no artificial light. And that for them, they were more used to like fire and stars and, you know, other type of light than, or the sun, than just this artificial light. So that for them, it's more challenging. And then after that, what, they, what I also heard was that like, you guys, like human beings, you're not so different from us. You also are affected by artificial light. Like you might think you're different, but you're not so different from us. It influences you. And so what they basically said is like that there are a lot of unknown, um, unknown causes of disease, unknown causes of disease that are there because of the consummation of artificial light that we have. And, as we know more and more we're consumed by light. It's not only the street lights, it's also our laptops, our phones, everywhere, everything. Some people live in houses or work in offices only with that type of lights, and it's yeah, they showed me it's one of the causes of of disease disease, yeah so that was that was a message I heard then, yeah. Yeah, it, the, the trees are pretty special though. Like a few weeks ago, I also like I'm I'm building a, a center here and uh around me or around the place they're build, they're buying a lot of other plots like lands, and the way how people do it here is they they buy a plot and they cut all the trees and then they will build. And it just, it really, really pains my heart. Like, it, yeah, I, I don't know. I really feel it in my body. And so the, a few weeks ago, there was like this grandmother tree that I saw. It's still there. The grandmother tree is still there, but it's around the place that they're selling now. And I'm already like almost freaking out a bit, like, because I feel like that tree needs to stay, that tree needs to stay. And so one of the other messages I heard from that too is like, These grandmother trees and grandfather trees, like the really big ones, huge ones, ancient ones, they're so important. Like they're not alone there and like they feed, like trees feed each other anyway. But that one is like it's almost as if there is a knowledge from those trees going to other trees, like the tiny trees to continue or something. So yeah, and, and another message about trees in, in, in Belgium, I, I went to Belgium a few, like um, this summer for a holiday, and I organized a spiritual circle there. And one of the messages that came through in that circle was that these, these ancient trees, these grandmother trees, that, this, that on the different continents, these ancient trees, they're all connected with one another. So the ones in Africa, South America, North America, Europe, Asia, they're connected with one another. And I don't know like how these things work, (laughs) it's a mystery, but there is is a connection and a communication between them. So they, they really create a network even across the continents.
0: Well, that just brings tears to my eyes when you talk about the grandmother and grandfather trees. I just had a tree in my neighborhood get chopped down for construction um, of some housing, and it completely changed the whole block. Like, I, I literally walk outside and I'm like, the whole, everything, it just... I can't even describe like how different the block feels without this tree. <laughs> it's just like a gaping hole. And I'm like, w- what are we supposed to do without the street? I don't understand this new landscape. Um, and it just doesn't, yeah, it doesn't feel right. And I, I also am just so moved by the sort of deep wisdom and understanding that you were hearing from the trees and also the compassion that they have towards us in our modern lives. And just like this very practical, like just collaborate with us, like work with us so that, you know, sometimes we can actually rejuvenate ourselves in the way we need to. And sometimes you get your work done at night, you know, <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> and I remember from what you wrote about that message too that there was something that they had said and tell me if this is right about how humans we adapt to our environment and our circumstances easily and sometimes you know that's a good thing and sometimes that's maybe we don't even know like what we're (laughs) what we're steeped in
1: they said like about the artificial light like you they said you humans you think it doesn't affect you because you've adjusted to it like you and they said that's one of your super skills as humans you're really good in adapting to to so many different situations so you think it doesn't affect you and in in a way you have adjusted to it but and then they said that part about it also affects you it also influences you it can be a cause of disease
0: yeah i I find that so interesting too in light of how literally in light um how we uh, are now starting to understand even through science the effects that blue light in particular has on our hormonal systems on our circadian rhythms on our stress levels on weight gain like all these things that i'm just starting to hear about from science where it's like oh my gosh like <laughs> This is actually quite detrimental to our equilibrium and and balance as humans. And so people are starting to put like red light filters on their phones and like wearing special glasses at night and trying to actually help their bodies.
1: Yeah, because we're just living with all this light and actually no one knows what effect is after so many years because it's new
0: now. Yeah, and I'm I'm also interested in this idea of the young trees who grew up in artificial light versus the trees who remember what it was like to just be bathed in starlight and firelight. Yeah, time. sometimes
1: I also sometimes I also see uh, younger trees. I mean, there's so much about trees, man. Because even these trees, you know, how we as humans try to like put them in a in a hole. <laughs> or surround them or like put them in cement, like, okay, this is the amount of space you have to grow and stuff like that. Like really planted trees, uh, and then like smaller trees. Sometimes if you, if you really would like pass a tree and try to tune into how the tree feels, there's really a lot of information you can get, even just really literally with your eye, how the tree looks like. But then if you really take the time to just be silent and listen to the tree, Yeah, there is a lot going on. And um, these these trees that grew up with artificial light and stuff, I mean, I didn't get any message about that, but I I wonder, like, what does that even mean? Like, what kind of tree is it even? (laughs) What does that even mean about, like, the knowledge and the wisdom the trees have and, and the messages they can or cannot bring and the the health of the tree and how long the tree will live and and things like that. Like, will it become a grandmother? Maybe we'll stay a baby. I
0: don't know. I think that people are maybe starting to to pay attention to this when there's bird migrations. Often they're asking folks here, at least where I live, to um, reduce the amount of nighttime light they have just so that the birds can find their way. So maybe there's hope
1: for us. Yeah, and I think a lot really lies in the collaboration. If every person who listens today already, like... Just thinks about the fact that trees want to collaborate and thinks about what can we maybe do, (laughs) you know, that would already help, I guess. I I really believe in that, like that, all of us, like every individual, all these tiny people, everyone together, we're big people, tiny people that are big people, you know, that can, can bring
0: change. Yeah. Yeah, and I think a lot of listening to nature is is really just paying close attention and then, like you said there's so much information that can be communicated even just by observing and really looking at a plant or <laughs> an environment and um yeah, again it's like just opening that door, right, of of listening and communication. So. Yeah,
1: and I think for a lot of us because life is so busy and we're always doing so many things like there's so much spiritual growth even in just as you said looking at a plant but we we don't have sometimes the patience to do that anymore (laughs) you know or we think it needs to be something way more complicated
0: but yeah honestly that's like deep work There's access to almost the whole universe of knowledge just by observing one stone on the ground or one tree on the earth. And I also love what you said about the trees being connected because I I had an elder who told me, if you want to send a message to someone on the earth, go to a tree and ask the tree to take that down into its roots. And it will bring the message to your loved one, like through the trees where they live. And so <laughs> I thought that was really amazing. Whoa,
1: and, that's crazy. Yeah, beautiful.
0: Yeah, so it's like we don't need a telephone or the internet. Like the, the trees actually can convey across the world. So through technologies that we don't understand. <laughs> well, Probably
1: way more sophisticated technology or how do you say that in English? Yes, exactly. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, th- thank you so much for bringing that message Through and thank you so much to the trees for being willing to talk to us and collaborate about this. Feels very important, and I wondered if there's anything else about your work that you wanted to share. It sounds like you're building a community center, especially for the youth where you live, and if you wanted to talk about that too, we have time.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so my work, I mean, yeah, my work is always different things. but so the work I as I said that I used to do online like the Aura readings and the Kausha readings and stuff like that's what I mostly say is is my business I'm in a transformation with that now because I always used to offer my sessions for everyone you know like I'm here for everyone (laughs) and that worked Like it was good what I did and, and I helped a lot of people but I really felt like Sometimes it was a bit draining for me. And I just, now I I finally found like the people I really want to work with. And that's like giving me energy. But that also means some things in my business are going to change. And I'm like in a transformation with that. Like I'm already embodying the energy and it's there. But you know how it goes with like new things or burning new things, you know, like is there energetically and then it's like bringing it to earth or like, yeah really birthing it. But what I'm sure of that I will be doing is that I will will be working with people who are also really passionate about like changing this world in a way, like for the better, in a more healthy and balanced way. And people who really have an idea or a project or a dream that I want to bring into this world, but that they're scared to bring into the world or like they're holding themselves back, you know? Mm. So, yeah, and and I'm sure my the things I did before will also come back in these offerings. But I'm like structuring things a bit differently. So yeah, so anyone who's interested in that, <laughs> uh, I'm gonna work with those people. That excites me a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. And that can be anything, right? Like someone who wants to like um, keep ancient organic seeds, or someone who wants to like you know like river keepers and whatever. Any anyway, anyone. So that's my online work that that, uh, I'll definitely continue, but I'm in a transition with that. And then I'm building a community center here in Ghana, in the mountains, indeed. And the the goal, or like how it all started, is indeed that I wanted to create a space for the youth where they can feel at home, be themselves, explore their talents, and are really motivated to, to... to grow in their talents instead of being judged, and like you know how children can be so beautifully vibrant and sparkly, and then they become a bit like, yeah, I don't know, oppressed. <laughs> I don't know how to say Jane, differently. Jane so and like, and or, re- yeah, yeah. Hmm. So to really stimulate that, that was like my original plan. But I just wanted to create something that wouldn't be. uh How do you say that? wouldn't be dependent on like grants the whole time. So that's why I, I created a system that where eventually you will have like a bar and a kind of snack bar or restaurant where people can come to drink something and there will be possibility to rent the space. And then there's also actually a room which could be for like um, one of the employees or maybe a volunteer or something, but it also could be for uh, Airbnb. And then like all these income things, that that goes back in like the project for the yield too. So that's actually the idea that it becomes self-sustainable. And so we have already a water pump that goes into the ground and there will be solar energy too. So yeah, that's the idea. But an example of like having a dream and an idea and then bringing it into the world and all the challenges that come with it, but it's also a beautiful process. It's a beautiful process. And um, yeah, we're building it with ramped earth. It's really beautiful. The name is Sanjata, and um, we're also on Instagram. I'm on Instagram, and Sanjata is also on Instagram. And what else? Oh yeah, I have a podcast. It's called Under the Baobab Tree, and uh, I just released season one. And soon I'm I'm gonna work on season two, and I'm I'm receiving beautifully beautiful feedback from people about it, which makes me very happy and is really like a fuel to continue making this episode. So it's, they're really short. They're like between 10 and 20 minutes. But I, I really like making them, you know? It's it's
0: cool. So it's a, it's a nice, nice thing to do, something new for me. Yeah. I can't wait to listen to it. So for those who want to check it out, it's Under the Baobab Tree, and that's on... Apple Podcasts? Yeah, it's
1: everywhere. Like under the baobab tree, you have it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or some podcast apps on my website. It's there too.
0: For those who want to work with you directly and connect more with everything that you're doing, what is your website and how do we find you also on Instagram? My website is amabwache.com. So A-M-A-B-O-A-K-Y-E.com.
1: Maybe you can put it in the show notes or something. Yes, I will. My last name is not the easiest. And then uh, on Instagram is the same name. So amabwache and two times underscore. And Sanjata is also on Instagram is S-U-N-J-Y-A-T-A. But if you go to my Instagram, you see a reference to the Sanjata one. And I think the best way to connect with me is, yeah, or through Instagram or subscribing on my newsletter, because there is always like the. The newest updates, like if you really want to know what's going on and what's next and what's to come.
0: Yeah. So for the community center, is it currently under construction?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't give more details about it. So there's actually three units. The biggest unit, we've built the biggest unit, but we're still working on the finishing. And we're almost finished with the second unit, which is a sanitary block. Um, But then we will also do the finishing. The first unit, so the biggest one, has like a multifunctional hall where anything can happen, like a book club, showing movies, mm-hmm. meditation, whatever. Nature school, the kids here, like the, the teenagers I talked to, they really wanted nature school. I was surprised about that, but really excited about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the biggest unit. The second unit, the sanitary block is also almost finished, but then the fin- the finishing to really like, you know, make it beautifully finished. That always takes a bit longer, but we're in rainy season here now. And, it's almost finished with rainy season, so soon we will start with the foundation of the third building. So we're actually still raising funds for that one because I'm also working with a, a crowdfunding. or how do you say that? Like a fundraiser an online fundraiser. Um, yeah, to to finish that one. If you go okay. to the Sanjata Instagram and the link in bio, there shows you everything. Like we also have a YouTube channel with like movies where we are now. And there is, like, information where the place is really, like, more details about what it's going to be. Well,
0: Ama, it was such a pleasure. I just feel all bright and lit up having spoken to you today. And, yeah, I'm just so grateful to connect. And and thank you for all the beautiful work you're doing in the world. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much
1: that I could come here to talk to you, with you. It was really nice. I It was really nice, you know, because just you asking questions I mean sharing some things sometimes it's really good to like share also experiences that you have before like it can be really like healing too I don't know and I really feel the tree message that it was really good to also bring it on here so I'm just super grateful also that you created the space Mm
0: -hmm. the
1: fun and safe space here for us
0: yeah Mm -hmm. thank you Thank you for listening to the show. If you've enjoyed this episode, please take a moment to rate and review MoonWise on Apple Podcasts as it makes a big difference in helping others find us. You can also sign up for our weekly magazine dedicated to inspiration and seasonal wisdom at moonwise.co slash magazine. See you next time.